Welcome to Slutty Activism, the podcast that teaches you to fight fascism with your genitals. Really, you can become the change you want to see in the world by becoming an extraordinary lover. No experience necessary. I'm your host, certified sex coach and professional sexual revolutionary, Sarah Martin. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome, friend. It's wonderful to have you join me here. I want to share a story. Uh, Several years ago, I remember sitting in the bedroom of my shared apartment in Warsaw, Poland with my partner, and we were six months or so into our relationship and experiencing conflict some of it related to our different neurotypes. This partner had ASD, autism spectrum disorder, and sometimes our communication styles uh, absolutely did not line up. We'd been looking at an article about the mind-body approach to Asperger's, which is one of the best resources out there for uh, neurotypical people and people with ASD to create understanding and a common language about mind-body experiences. I was curious at that moment how my partner experienced emotions. So I asked him where in his body he felt emotions like anger, fear, and joy. He looked at me like I was talking nonsense. Uh, I don't, he said. I just assumed this was another neurotype difference between us, made a mental note, and moved on. The thing is, an astronomically high number of people are disconnected from their bodies most, if not all of the time. This partner eventually did a lot of body-based work, and with time, he came back into feeling. What I'd assumed was a difference in neurotype was instead something I would learn is much more mundane. Disconnection. Most of us are living lives of dissatisfaction and stress. Our bodies remind us of this displeasure and so we disconnect from them. We live in a society that pushes for ever-increasing productivity while rages remain stagnant. Inflationary pressure is making everything more expensive, too. Many of us exist within work cultures that push us to give more and more and more of our lives to labor. Asynchronous communication and the ubiquity of technology means that we are rarely untethered from workplace demands. The technology that has come to dominate our lives is impoverishing our daily sensual experiences. Think about it. Many people spend huge portions of their day either tapping keys or touching smooth glass surfaces. In a very real and non-metaphorical sense, our lives lack texture and our souls know something is not right about all this. Many of us spend the day sitting in hunched positions adding to the tension in our tissues. Knowledge work has been elevated, further encouraging many of us to elevate the importance of the mind and to despise the body and its limitations, totally divorcing the two from each other. I've lost track of the number of clients who've told me that they view their body, I don't know, kind of like some growth on their brain, something akin to a tumor, not necessarily malignant, but unbecoming and inconvenient. 
In addition to the daily indignities that have been normalized in late capitalism, many people have experienced trauma. And part of the protective trauma response is to disconnect us from our bodies when it's all too much too fast. This means that a lot of people only become aware that they have a body when it becomes impossible to ignore, when it becomes too painful, or when its needs can no longer be ignored. Given that this is how so many people relate to their own bodies, and the fact that sex happens with and through the body, is it surprising that sexuality is a site of immense struggle for people all over the world? Some people only commune with their bodies pleasurably in the realm of sexuality. But even then, guilt and shame can lurk in the background, urging you to hurry up and get that orgasm over with so we can get back to our responsible adult lives. Others don't even connect sex with pleasure, focusing instead on the instrumental meaning of sex in our society. I was shocked when I was writing my master's thesis on pickup artist handbooks to discover how many of these folks, these pickup artists, who ostensibly teach others how to have a lot of sex, seem totally disgusted by sex itself. I want to quote at length one such pickup artist. He wrote, If you strip sex down to its physical components... It's an act during which a man inserts a rod-shaped mass of engorged tissue into a woman's lubricated cavity, also made of tissue. A man rubs his rod in and out, stimulating pleasure receptors in his brain until it decides to eject a genetic package that's important in continuing the species. That sounds (laughs) really, really unappealing. When people lament hookup culture or vent their frustration about modern dating on internet forums, part of what's going on is that they are encountering these disconnected people who aren't having sex for the sake of it, for the pleasure and the experience. And that's in part because these folks are not actually experiencing all that much pleasure. That means they're having sex for other reasons. So for validation or to prove something to someone or to just get it over with or because it's what you're supposed to do or to keep their partner happy and so on. And when someone does that consciously or unconsciously, you can wind up feeling used because in a sense, that's exactly what's happening. And that would be bad enough If it were all that we have to deal with in the face of our mass social disembodiment. But disconnection from the body has much more serious consequences, especially on a massive society-wide scale. It's impossible to be fully empowered when you are unable to feel your body. Therefore, fascism benefits when we remain in a state of perpetual corporal disconnect. Hey friend! If you're ready to change the world by enjoying deeply pleasurable, more connected, and satisfying sexual experiences, then head over to sluttyactivism.com. That's sluttyactivism.com to get started. Okay, now back to the show. A disconnected mind-body is much easier to keep in a state of constant worry. Embodiment is presence in the moment, 
So it follows that disembodiment is facilitated by imagining into the future or the past. This time travel is a huge part of the experience of anxiety and depression. Lack of presence in the moment also makes us feel disconnected from others, including lovers, friends, and family. You've probably had the experience where you're physically in the same room with someone, but it feels like they're not really there. It's uncomfortable. So a natural response to that discomfort is to start to withdraw yourself. And disembodiment really comes into its own in the realm of sexuality. Disembodied sexual experiences, whether you, your partner, or both of you are disconnected from your bodies, are powerfully lonely and dissatisfying. Some people desperately try to regain their lover's attention, putting on a performance, and others just check out, retreating from the present moment and just letting things happen. Some people wind up feeling anger, guilt, frustration, sadness, betrayed, or alone after sexual experiences like these, which is doubly awful when what you were actually craving was connection. And where this often winds up is with people correlating their dissatisfaction with what they can see and forming opinions like, hookup culture is terrible. Men are selfish, uninterested lovers. Women are cold and unsexual. Men just see women as sex vending machines. Women use sex as a weapon. But rather than having any explanatory power, all these correlations do is further divide us from each other. They obscure the underlying mechanisms at work beneath the unsatisfying, lonely sex, including disembodiment. As we've talked about before, fascism thrives on disconnection and loneliness and the fear and hatred they yield down the line. The main takeaway here is that the things that divide and isolate us from each other are not limited to values, attitudes, and beliefs, to cognitions and the workings of the mind. The body can become a site of division and separation too. You can reclaim your power by tapping into the limitless sensuality that dwells within you. Your body is the gateway to connection with others through its presence in the here and now. And it can be simpler than you might imagine, though that doesn't make it easy. And each one of us will have our own history with our bodies, with trauma, and adverse life experiences. It can be valuable to have the support of a psychologist, therapist, or counselor as you come back into feeling. Uh, it's pretty normal if there's a lot that comes up. This is your permission to take it slow. There are many ways you can approach connecting to your body through sensuality. The most important thing, from my perspective, is to select actions that give you pleasure. For some people, that could be things like dance, contact improv, yoga, swimming. And for others, that could be sensual meditation, massage, visiting salt rooms, or leisurely brunches. Finding activities that bring you pleasure as you activate your senses is the key that unlocks embodiment. Once you discover how sensual pleasure works for you, establish an intentional sensual pleasure practice that you engage in every single day. It can be quick. 10, even 5 minutes is enough. With time and practice, 
sensuality can reliably bring you into the present moment. You can tune into your senses to come fully into the here and now. And presence is the key to absolutely mind-blowing sexual experiences. The ability to focus on what you feel when you focus on pleasurable sensations opens the door to ecstasy. Sensuality and presence are fundamental to becoming an uncommonly good lover. The best news is that sensuality and presence are skills. They can be learned. When you begin to cultivate an intentional pleasure practice that awakens your senses and allows you to practice presence in the moment, you take steps in the direction of your own liberation. You are learning to free yourself from a system that would prefer to keep you numb, sad, and afraid. You reclaim your birthright power, and you become harder to manipulate and control. You do all of this without there being any austere sacrifice, like how Hollywood often portrays people fighting back against power as like being deeply unhappy and grim. In this case, quite the opposite. You reclaim your power and fight back against fascism by filling your world with pleasure and sensation. The more you develop the skill of leaning into pleasure, of expanding to be able to hold greater and greater pleasure sensations within you, the more joyful you become. As you fill up your spirit with daily experiences of pleasure and presence, others will notice. It doesn't stop with you. It can't. When you are able to be fully here, others will be drawn to you. Family, friends, and colleagues will want to spend more time with you. And they won't understand exactly what's different, apart from that they suddenly feel good when they're around you. They'll notice a change and they'll get curious about how you did that. You become irrefutable evidence that change can happen. Your lovers will feel a sense of surprise and relief, especially in casual and short-term relationships. Many of them will never have had the experience of a fully present casual lover. And because they met you, they now know it's possible. They know without a doubt in that moment that something other than disconnected, instrumental, casual sex is possible. And because it's possible, that gives them permission to go looking for it, to expect more, and to raise the standard. It can also inspire them to carry presence forward into their other relationships, casual or otherwise. The pleasure is extremely rewarding after all, so there's a huge incentive to at least try. They learn from you what this is like, so now they have a model they can draw on. You create a ripple effect, a virtuous cycle, that extends out beyond your immediate friends and lovers. The more people that ripple outward touches, the more individuals that discover the pleasure pathway into presence, the stronger we become as a collective in the face of fascism and injustice. Your example helps to strengthen the whole community. You become a light in the darkness. So what do you say? Come join me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to sluttyactivism.com and learn how you can get started changing the world with pleasure. Also, make sure to follow the show so that you get notified when I drop a new episode. And 
if you want to connect with other like-minded people. Come join us in Certainty for Overthinkers, the Slutty Activism Podcast Community Facebook group. Hope to see you there.